Support for this podcast comes from Frito-Lay in the 2023 Snack Bracket Championship. The Frito-Lay Snacket Challenge is underway, and fans are voting on their favorite snacks to crown champion. We're talking about primetime matchups between the best 64 snacks in the land. Will Ruffles Ridges reign supreme? Can Doritos defend their dynasty? Or will Smart Food use their smarts for a surprise upset? Only you can decide. Get in on all the action for a chance to win up to $1,000 or a year's worth of snacks. Let your snacks be heard. Just go to frito to vote and enter for a chance to win. No purchase necessary. Three mistakes ends April 3rd, 2023. Void but prohibited. Years worth of snacks awarded in the form of 52 coupons, each good for one bag of chips. See official rules at Frito-LaySnackIt.SBNation.com. What's up, night fans? Welcome to the Black and Gold Banneret Podcast. We are full throttle into 2017. My name is Jeff Sharon, along with Eric Lopez. And uh, this week, we're going to do something a little bit different for you. We're going to do three sort of mini podcasts, and they're going to be our fall sports uh, previews. And uh, we've got women's soccer on tap, volleyball, and men's soccer as well. Eric Lopez is with me. What's up, Eric? Doing good. Season's here. I actually covered yeah. games. It's it's fun for a change. Like it's, I like it's it. already it's like it's happening. It's all happening now. It's yeah yeah yeah. yeah listen, I mean, I'll do you know, and I obviously you were on recently on a Nightline podcast from Burger U, and mm-hmm. it, you know all the great chat. I'm just tired of talking. I was just excited to be talking about actual games. Well, we've got still another um, week until football actually starts. The 31st, that Thursday night game against FIU. So, but in the meantime, women's soccer's underway. And men's soccer and volleyball are about to get underway this coming weekend. So here's what we're going to do this week. Instead of doing our regular show, we're going to do three sort of mini shows. One for women's soccer, one for uh, volleyball, one for men's soccer. This is the women's soccer show where we're previewing. Um, of course, I use that word loosely, previewing, because they already have two games in the books. Yeah. But, um, but we're going to take a look at the UCF uh, women's soccer team. And uh, we've got some stuff up on blackandgoldbanneret.com, which you, you can check out about that. We're, our previews are um, everything. We're calling them the everything you need to know previews um, because, you know, we're trying to give you like basically exactly that. Everything you need to you need to know. Uh, and then you have the ability to go get some of the other stuff. But um, don't forget to subscribe to our uh, podcast on uh, iTunes. Google Play, SoundCloud, Stitcher, and TuneIn. Follow us at UCF underscore Banneret on Twitter. Follow us on Facebook as well. Just look for Black and Gold Banneret. Give us a like. Holler at us on there. Uh, let us know what you think of the show. Let us know what you think of uh, the stuff we've done. And uh, also, don't be afraid to um, holler at us individually on Twitter as well. I'm at Jeff underscore Sharon. And Eric is at Eric Lopez Elo. All right, Eric, let's talk about UCF women's soccer. We know um, that they that this is a powerhouse program. Um, currently, at the mo- at the time of their this recording, they are one and one on the season. They lost uh, to South Carolina in uh, Columbia, number four South Carolina, two to nothing. But came back uh, home two days later and defeated Stetson two to nothing in the home opener. Um, this year, the Knights were picked sixth in the American Athletic Conference preseason poll, uh, which I think I thought was partially a factor uh, or partially a function, at least, of the fact that the team last year missed the NCAAs for the first time since 2006. Memphis is the favorite, um, according to the preseason poll, followed by SMU, Cincinnati, 
USF and UConn, although UConn is the only AAC team in the top 25 preseason. They're tabbed at number 14. Last year, the Knights went 9-8-2, and 4-4-1 in the league. They finished in sixth place, but uh, it felt like everything just kind of went against them like it, it was like if they flipped a coin it was like it, it was like it was like it, it came up tails every single time um they lost uh in the first round to the uh conference in the conference tournament to uh smu in pks no ncaa tournament berth it, it just it just seemed like nothing could go right for this team last year so tiffany roberts Sahedak is back um 55 22 and 8 heading into her fifth season uh, at UCF, um, and uh, what was and you spoke to her actually after the Stetson game, Eric. What was the outlook that she had on the season uh, coming in and through that first weekend of play? Really good. Uh, I think she likes her team. You know, you look at the South Carolina match. Not that you throw that out, but remember they were playing one player short because right. of the red card, basically for seven. You know, fifteen minute you know, after the fifteen minute mark. So. That was kind of you know that kind of threw off their whole game plan. I mean, you can only do so much. Uh, I think she likes the depth of this team uh, much more than last year. Remember last year, Vic? There were a lot uh, last year, Jeff. There was a lot of questions about kind of new talent, right? It was kind of like you're nobody wants to use the word rebuilding, but there was a lot of questions about the roster and all the youth and and, and new faces, if you will, and yet. Even though they lost some big personnel from last year, they like the depth they have here. You know, it starts at the goalie situation. If you've noticed, they feel very good about the two goalies they've got. She likes them a lot. In fact, she talked about the fact that how she's going to play. She's going to be playing both of her goalies uh, here in the early going to get them experience, and that way the whole team is prepared regardless of who's at goal. Vera Veras has obviously been a, a star for us in the goal, and um, she's grown a lot. Um, but Chloe has uh, keeps um, shortening the gap between them. Um, she's been here now for a while. She sat the bench last year, and um, but she has never stopped competing. So she's really closing that gap with Vera. And I think it's a really healthy competition because it's only going to make Vera better. And then Chloe is also just, just pushing her. So... You know, Vera, Vera is our starter right now, but um, I like that we can, you know, split them and keep that competitive spirit going at training and in games. And I like that our team feels confident in two really good goalkeepers because, you know, for any team, I mean, Chloe could be a starter for us too. And she'd be a starting goalkeeper for any team in our conference. So we're really lucky because we have two starting goalkeepers. Yeah, so Vera Varis is back, the junior from uh, Finland, who is kind of the um, the linchpin the last two years. She had a really good season last year, by the way. Um, she comes in this year as the preseason goalkeeper of the year, uh, preseason first-team all-conference. Um, and even though her goals against average went up last year, she still landed on the first team um, in the preseason. And then, uh, in addition, at least in the South Carolina game, uh, we saw uh, Chloe Ngazi, who's from Paris, France, She's a sophomore. She played in the second half of that game. And I think you mentioned, and too. She did you know, play as well, as well in the Stetson match. Right. Yeah. She played in the Stetson match, too. And that's always good when you can have a little bit more depth in that position. I think the other thing, too, you mentioned, I was really impressed, actually, with this team coming in, not just the goalkeeping, but the defense in front of them in that South Carolina game, considering that they played the last 75 minutes of the game down a person. And 
and it looked early like you know South Carolina was getting behind our defenders. But after that first break that they had, remember it was so hot that they had to have water breaks in between? Yeah. And something happened after that first water break in the first half where just where where we just flipped on the defense. And this is a really aggressive, you know, hard-nosed team. Um, I think that they uh, that they really showed me something in that game. I think they you can only with South Carolina is a good team. You can only withstand them at home for so long. But I was really, really impressed with uh, how that team conducted themselves, how the how the Knights conducted themselves in South Carolina, and then that was redeemed in the game against Stetson, who, by the way, is no slouch, right? No, uh, they dominated that. Stetson couldn't even get anything going offensively until maybe late in the match. I mean, they didn't even have a shot on record. Uh, they, they just couldn't get anything going. So that was a very positive step uh, for them. And, and that's big. I think if they can improve the, the you know, the back line there, because, you know, remember last year they gave up some goals there when they blew some leads, you know, and, and I think early on in the season they're going to get challenged. Uh, even Coach Sahadek said that afterwards, the win against Stetson, talking about North Carolina Teams like North Carolina, North Carolina is a team that's constantly going to come at you and pressure you. You know, the beginning of the season, it's like there are so many things that we need to fix. So, um, yeah, we're going to do our scouting report and and think about Carolina because they're uh, usually a high-pressing team, and um, we have to be comfortable with being able to keep the ball and, and play out of pressure. Um, but I think it's kind of focusing on us, really, because where we are in the season, there's so many things that we need to do. Um, and it doesn't even matter who we're playing. It's just as a team, we have a lot that we have to take care of. So, well, we know that about North Carolina. I mean, it, you know, I mean, they're not the New York Yankees of NCAA women's soccer for no reason. Uh, they come into um, this game on Friday night uh, against UCF at UCF, ranked number four in the country. South Carolina has moved up a spot to three. Um, North Carolina moved up actually two spots. They were sixth at the start of the season. Now they're up to fourth. So. Um, this is another tough one up in front. I mean, we talked about the schedule last year with uh, with this team and how that kind of they, they kind of just never seemed to get ahead of it. And uh, the schedule the schedule this year is is just as tough, if not tougher. It is, and you know they got to go out west. You got you know the Arizona schools you got to play. But again, it's all about preparation to get you ready for the conference play. And but, you know, I, I think they really like the, the team they've got. They like the depth. They played a lot of players in the win over Stetson. And one of the things Coach Sahadek even talked about and is about the offense this year, Jeff. Remember last year, it seemed like it was Carol Rodriguez would score, score uh, you know, pretty much every game. And that was where the offense was going to come from. I think she likes the fact and expects, as a matter of fact, a much more balanced attack where you might see some more different names lighting up the scoreboard and getting goals. Sometimes I think the, the negative is when we have too much um, a focus on one player who, you know, is the goal scorer. Uh, it could be a scary situation because if she doesn't get the job done that day, then who is? Where I think our situation this year is we have a lot of different personalities that can get the job done and it's not focusing on one person. So, um, you know, the team is the leader. Um, and I think you'll see from, I hopefully, my thought is this year is that you're going to see a lot of, different names on the the leaderboard well so far you've got uh morgan ferrara who uh scored a goal and uh, jessica taylor who scored a goal um yeah yeah they're gonna they're gonna have to pick up from it's gonna have to be a team effort if the knights are gonna pick up from carol rodriguez who you know 12 goals in 19 games last year uh and just signed a pro contract by the way uh yeah interestingly enough but 
Um, she was uh, all conference uh, first team um, last year, and actually she had one more goal than she did the year before when she was uh, conference player of the year. Um, but you know, you still got some solid returns. I was actually Eric. I was actually impressed with the the, the defensive players coming back for UCF. Kayla Adamek is uh, is back. First team all American all American athletic conference as a. Um, defender, even though she, you know, she's coming back off an injury that cut her season short last year, um, you know, and she moved from midfield to D, and then uh, of course Saga Fredrickson from Sweden, who was a co-defensive player of the year in the conference last year. Um, that's some pretty good. Uh, that's some pretty good uh, defense to have in front of your goalkeepers, uh, and the hope is that they'll be able to limit the number of opportunities that um, the keepers do see. And chemistry. Uh, I actually yeah. talked to Morgan Ferreira afterwards, who I think is primed for a big year and I think is going to pick up most of the scoring slack. But she talked about the teammates around her and, and, and you know, from the forward position, even the midfielders and, and kind of they're all on the same page. And that's going to mean a lot of success. Well, that's all we've been working on preseason is the buildup phase of our attack. So it starts from the back. It starts from the goalkeeper. We want to keep the ball because the more we can keep the ball, the less we have to run. And I think that's the goal at the end of the day. And on a game like this, Sundays, it's hot. So to keep the ball is the more opportunities we're going to get. I think we definitely could have been better in the finishing third because um, we got a lot of opportunities, myself included. But uh, as long as we can keep the ball, then we're doing our job. So against UNC, it's going to be critical that we possess as much as possible because I think we definitely lack that against South Carolina. Yeah, isn't it interesting? Like, could there be a potential for, I guess, what Bill Simmons calls Ewing theory here? Carol Rodriguez is gone, but now you have a team that, you know, maybe is a little bit greater than the sum of the, uh, the whole is a little bit greater than the sum of the parts here. I do. And, you know, Morgan is one that's very confident. Uh, She's got some big goals, Jeff, for this season. She's got some big personal goals and as well as goals to help the team. And uh, wait till you hear what she had to say about some of the goals well my personal goal is to score 20 goals this season um it's a high number but i know i'm trying to play professionally after after this so if i can really take a stand and score 20 goals i know that professional coaches will see more of me um but if i obviously if the opportunity presents itself for me to pass the ball rather than score it's all about the team so it's always going to be how can i better my teammates well there you go jeff not really lacking confidence thinks you know one of her personal goals 20 goals <laughs> which a is lot, a lot <laughs> it's a lot but you know but she said hey look whatever teams if we got to pass the ball but they're confident and they know that if you know look there's a tradition in this program about playing at the next level and you know you got to stand out and i think that's morgan's point and there's you know the girls are driven and she knows that for them to be successful she's got to have a great year and she's seen how others have done it so um that's the thing I noticed. They understand the tradition. They understand there's a confidence there, which I, I like a lot. I think there's definitely an internal confidence about this team and maybe playing with a chip on the shoulder, too. Maybe you referenced it earlier about, you know, the the being picked so low in the conference by their standards. And after missing the NCAA tournament, which is a rarity at this point in the program, I think there's definitely some hunger there. Well, you know what I like about this roster? Ten seniors. Yeah. That's a lot of senior leadership on that roster. They got six newcomers, including one transfer. If you're looking for a geographical breakdown, they've got uh, 16 players from the state of. I love. I always love the mix on this team that Tiffany has put together. She's got 16 players from the state of Florida, and nine from outside the United States, which I think is really great. You know, it shows the strength of her 
ability to recruit not just in the state, but really, you know, get some of the best players, best young players in the world to come to UCF. Um, schedule looks like this. Um, obviously, there's the big Friday, August 25th game against North Carolina. They've also got LSU at home Friday, September 8th. Conference play is going to be tough. Memphis comes to town October 1st. They got a date. They do play SMU, but it's at SMU a week later. Uh, UConn comes to town October 19th, and then Senior Day is October 27th uh, against USF. So the American figures to be a very uh, tough uh, uh, soccer, uh, a tough soccer conference this year. And uh, but you know it's all going to depend on uh, you know as it usually does um, at how they. D- do in that non-conference schedule. You know, we're going to know pretty quickly where this team stands with North Carolina coming up. And then next week they go out to Arizona. They got to play Arizona and Arizona State before that LSU game. Um, and then, they, of course, they have a road game against FIU, and that's, not, and that's never easy either uh, before they're home against Florida Gulf Coast September 15th and the conference schedule starts in earnest uh, on the road at Cincinnati September 21st. So... Um, tough slate once again, Eric, but I don't think, uh, Tiffany would want it any other way. No, you wouldn't. And, uh, you know, look, I mean, they can compete, you know, you'd think of North Carolina, for example, remember last year, they opened the season at North Carolina played in Chapel Hill was scoreless for most of the match. UCF actually had opportunities to take the lead. And then unfortunately Carolina got a goal late and it was kind of a backbreaker and they ended up winning two nothing, but that was an even match. Interesting to see how the Knights, And the team responds being at home, which, remember, the students are back on campus. I think they're going to get a great crowd for North Carolina. Mm -hmm. Uh, And and, uh, it should be an exciting atmosphere. I mean, I don't, you know, North Carolina played UCF many, many moons ago here in Orlando. Um, You know, I know they recently, recent history, they played in Gainesville in that regional, that memorable regional, which we had Amanda Cromwell in the summer talk about when the Knights got to the Elite Eight and they knocked off Florida and North Carolina and Gainesville, Alina Ray is winning on penalty kicks. But as far as Orlando is concerned, I don't think Carolina's played UCF since Michelle Akers' uh, era, during that era. Uh, this is a once kind of a unique opportunity. I'm interested to see how the team responds, though. I don't think they're going to be in awe or intimidated at all because the, most of those players played North Carolina last year in Chapel, and I think that helps them here. Yeah, I think so, too. And it's always good when we get that return trip at home as well against oh yeah no, it's, it's one right. thing to go on the road but it's another thing to bring them back here and again playing carolina playing at arizona i think that'll be a bond for the team and it'll make them tougher and i think the goal is that when you see teams in the conference hey you've seen the best already in the non-conference and get you ready and toughly mentally because obviously in conference game it's uh it, you know a, as we saw a result here or there could make the difference in the world between a fourth or fifth place finish and winning the league couple notes, by the way, on that. Last conference title for UCF was 2014 in the regular season, 2013 uh, in the tournament. Last NCAA appearance was 2015. Um, And uh, if UCF does get to the NCAA, they have a nice little pot of gold at the end of the rainbow, if you will, because the Women's College Cup semifinals and finals will be held here in Orlando at Orlando City Stadium. Uh, home of uh, home of the Lions down here. That's set for December first uh, and third. By the way, uh, USC the Trojans are the uh, defending champions. UCF has made by the way Eric Lopez one NCAA final in school history. That was back in nineteen 
82. So like I said earlier, Michelle Akers run right there. That was Michelle Akers. So um, going back to that preseason ranking, we were picked sixth, sixth in the preseason rankings. Um, Based on what you've seen, based on what you've heard, will we outdo that preseason ranking? Absolutely. Yes, I do. Uh, First of all, remember, keep in mind, a lot of times these conference preseason polls are voted based on how teams kind of finished last year and things mm-hmm. like that. So I, I wouldn't read very too little much homework in- done about it. Yeah. It's like, Oh, this team finished third last year. Well, we'll put them third too this year, or maybe we'll put them one spot lower or higher. So it makes it look like we're doing something. You know what I mean? <laughs> um, yeah, I know. I mean, I, I think you look at the league, Connecticut, obviously uh, they lost some of their top players. The, they, there's some questions there, but they're going to be good. Um, it, it to me this league is really kind of a very competitive league. USF's very good. Um, yeah, sixth is I, I think this team could do better because remember, I, last year there were some games they kind of wish they had back, and and they they, they 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 got some results that they weren't prepared for. I think this team's more experienced. Uh, going through that last season will make them better this year. I think their defense is better this year than it was last year. Yes, I understand you lose Carol Rodriguez. There's questions about the offense, but I too believe, and I know you saw him in the exhibition season. Uh, I saw him up close in the regular season. They got chances there. They they attack the ball and they control the possession. And I do think they've got different options that they could that could come and score. Um, and and I I think they do have more variety from that standpoint. And I think that uh, I think they're going to be fine. It's just like you mentioned. If they can be better defensively than they were last year with the great goalkeeping they have and the balanced scoring, I do think they're better than uh, sixth place in the conference. Yeah, I think so, too. I think that, you know, we kind of alluded to this earlier, but the fact that you got 10 seniors on that roster, that's going to be a tremendous factor. And also, you know, and nothing against Carol Rodriguez and the ex- and the excellent career that she had for UCF, but when you have a player that talented on the roster – Sometimes you tend to lean on that player for offensive sure. production. And now you have to have the entire team bought in on the offense. So I think that we're going to see a much more uh, a much more team-oriented approach uh, from UCF. Not saying that they weren't team-oriented before, but I just think that that's, that's only natural when you have a player as talented uh, as Carroll uh, on offense. And uh, when you have a more uh, holes greater than some of the parts philosophy, I think that can go... Uh, a long way. So, all right. So, here's the sixty-four thousand dollar question, Elo. Before we get going from this one, um, will UCF get back to the NCAA's? And do you think that they can win? And and do you think that they can win the uh, conference championship and get an automatic bid to the NCAA's? Multiple part question there. Now, again, for those that missed, it, re, re, read the the preseason poll just okay. for and, and, and keep in mind this is why it's tricky. The team that wins the regular season gets to host a conference tournament. Right, which I like, by the way. I agree. I, I'm with you on that. I think uh, I would. I think that's a cool way to keep the regular season meaningful and then at the same time do that. I, I wish all the sports would do it that way. Uh, obviously, there are various reasons why they don't. Because uh, you never know where you're going to go until that that last weekend. Sometimes. Yeah, but I mean, is that really? I mean, in today's world with the technology, like you're telling me, like soccer figures it out. Like, why can they? Why can they figure it out and other sports can't? You know what I mean? Yeah. So, 
Uh, now, obviously, for example, there's other cases where like in basketball, for example, there's obviously money and, you know, and, and things like that. But I, I do like it. But, uh, yeah, what what that's going to be the key. You know, can they win? If you win the regular season, you get to host. Uh, and then it comes comes down to seeding as well. Yeah. Well, here's that preseason poll that you remember UCF was picked sixth in the preseason poll behind in order of top uh, first to fifth. Memphis one, SMU two, Cincinnati three, USF four, UConn five. I mean, that's a. I mean, Memphis for those and folks that are listening to this uh, episode, and obviously are women's soccer fans, knows all about the Memphis UCF rivalry in women's soccer that goes back to Conference USA days. So I feel uh, like yeah. And let me tell you a- something. It is. I, I, I. We can say this. It's a nasty rivalry. I mean, they played for many championships. They're really good. We hadn't seen Memphis in a while like that good, but they were very good last year, and they're very they bring back a lot of talent from last year. So I think that's why they got the nod. So I would probably lean towards Memphis still, but I mean, I mean, you could make a case. Connecticut's still going to be around. I think USF's going to be around. I think UCF's going to be around. I, I do. Well, the one thing I will say, I don't know if I'm going to be. I, I think this is a multiple bid league. Yeah, uh, I agree. But of year. course I would agree. <laughs> I, I think it's a multiple bid league. The question is, are we talking two teams, three teams, or or you know, who knows? But that's gonna be the question for the league. And I think you mentioned it, you hit it in the head. It depends on how a lot of these teams do well do in the non conference. And you mentioned it. You said that's why again, that's why Coach Sahadek scheduled the way it is because you've got opportunities here you've got opportunities against carolina opportunities in in the trip at arizona opportunities against lsu to get some quality results that could make the difference whether it comes to rpi whether it comes down to well if you don't win the conference can you get in as an at-large i think those are all important factors uh so i i'm gonna say they get into the tournament uh i don't know if they necessarily win the conference uh, but I think they're going to be in the mix, and I think that'll be fun. Yeah, that uh, that non-conference schedule is going to be key to boost that RPI. One other factor, too, here, Eric, and we'll leave on this. Uh, of those five teams that UCF has picked behind in the uh, conference um, preseason poll, they get three of them at home. That would be Memphis on October the 1st, UConn on October the 19th, and USF on October 27th, they have SMU on the road and Cincinnati on the road. Those are the um, two road games that they're going to that, That's important. That's yeah. important that you just brought. That is not something – that's something that to me needs to be underlined because that is something that gets forgotten sometimes is the schedule. You mentioned it. Last year, UCF had to go to Connecticut, for example. Mm-hmm. They had to go to USF. It was a tough – and, you know, you have a lot of new faces and you're going on the road against the top teams. It's tough. Uh, you know, and then some of these cases, for example, uh, you know, you mentioned, you know, getting Memphis at home, for example. I think that is significant. I think that is a factor. Uh, you mentioned where's the Connecticut one? Connecticut games here, too. Wow. Yeah. I mean, that, that, that's 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 significant. A big, yeah, a, yeah, that's that's a big win for for uh, UCF. And also the fact that remember, there's 10 teams in uh, that play women's soccer in the Americans. So so you play nine conference games. So each year you you have off, you know, one year you play more road games than home games. The other, it, next year it's the opposite. This is a year when UCF has five home games and four road games in the league. 
That's huge. I mean, let's. I'm looking back at last year. Okay, let me let me let me go quickly glance at last year. They went nine and eight. Okay, overall. All right. Here are their losses. All right. See, you'll notice a trend at North Carolina. They're pretty good. Uh, lost at Duke, for example. They played Duke up in the Carolinas. Lost to South Carolina at home. They had a lead there, coughed it up. South Carolina, I think we've seen how good they are. Mm -hmm. uh, you look at in the conference, uh, and by the way, another loss. Oh, remember the Florida game? Yep, at three Florida. to two game, yeah. Oh, wild game. Came down to the last minute or two. That close. Now let's go into conference. Look how they, last year at USF, they got a draw. They lost to the eventual champions, UConn, on a Thursday in October. It stores three nothing. Uh, they had you know that that they had to play at Memphis, lost a one nothing game. That all of that was on the road. I mean, that does take its toll. This year they get them at home. Can you imagine if you flip two, three, four of those results? That's why I think this team is an NCAA tournament team. But you hit it. You hit it on the head. They have to be good at home, and that's kind of usually the philosophy anyway. Win your home matches and then steal some road matches. Right. That's right. usually the theory, and, and that's big. I think that's a an underlining point there uh, with the schedule the way it is. They've got opportunities. They just got to take advantage of it. And they have that big home match coming up this coming Friday against North Carolina, number four North Carolina. Excuse me, number five North Carolina. I'm looking at the wrong poll. Yeah. Oh, no, I'm right. Number four. Because they moved Yeah, you're up. right. That's right. Time, number four. I was looking Keep at the, this in uh, mind. the RPI from last year. But, yeah, go ahead. Keep this in mind. Uh, Coach Sahadak, when she first arrived here, what'd they do? Do you remember what they did on the field? They won the regular season, and they got to host a tournament, and they won it on penalty kicks. Mm -hmm. Just saying. That's, you know, that that's important. To, and I do believe home field makes an advantage. It, it, you know, instead of traveling and playing again somewhere yep. else in a neutral field, it, it's significant. It was a big factor last year, and, and I think it'll be a factor this year. So I think... I think it's going to come down to UCF and Memphis, which for a lot of the uh, longtime fans that follow the program would be, well, it's like the old days, right? Conference exactly. USA, hopefully. With some, uh, so I, I think that's how it's going to come down to. All right, so it should be a fun thing to look out for. Make sure you follow UCF Women's Soccer on Twitter at UCF underscore W Soccer. Uh, and also you can hit them up on Facebook as well for all the latest uh, on them. So uh, thanks again. Uh, to uh, Megan Herboth for her help. Thanks to Tiffany Roberts Sahadak, of course, uh, and thanks to and thanks to uh, Morgan Ferrara for uh, for her time as well uh, after that uh, Stetson game. Um, and so that will conclude our women's soccer preview here on the Black and Gold Banneret Podcast. Bear in mind, we got two more this week. Also, you want to check out volleyball and men's soccer as well. Volleyball with a uh, very, very interesting uh, roster coming into this season. And then, of course, men's soccer with a new head coach. So be sure to check those out here on the Black and Gold Banneret podcast um, this week. Don't forget to follow us at UCF underscore Banneret. Follow me at Jeff underscore Sharon. Follow Eric at Eric Lopez Elo. Subscribe to our podcast on iTunes, Google Play, SoundCloud, Stitcher, and TuneIn. And don't forget to hit us up on Facebook as well as we will be following, of course, you know, as you guys know, here on blackandgoldbanneret.com, we don't just follow football and basketball. We follow all UCF sports because those are the sports that we um, enjoy the most. And we love telling you about all the good things going on over at UCF and men's soccer and women's soccer, volleyball, uh, softball, you name it. So for Eric Lopez, I'm Jeff Sharon. This has been the Black and Gold Banneret podcast coming up. 
volleyball on our fall previews as we continue here on the Black and Gold Banneret Podcast. Today's episode is brought to you by Cars.com. With over 2 million vehicles and 50,000 more added every day, Cars.com will match you with the perfect car for you, your budget, your life, your style. And if you're ready to say goodbye to your current car, Cars.com will get you an instant offer to cash it in. Just start by entering your license plate and get matched with a local dealer who will write you the check. So whether you're looking to buy or sell, just go to Cars.com. It's magical. 